All right, we are live. Janelle, Tim Blankenship with Divorce661.com, and I'm talking with Janelle Green. Janelle, you are a life and relationship coach, and people might be asking, why am I talking to you? Because I do divorce. It's because maybe there's something else you can do through coaching. Yeah. And this is different than therapy and counseling, and I want you to talk about that as well. But uh, I think with the questions I have lined up for you, we're going to find out maybe there's something people can do before or try before getting a divorce, if that's something they're thinking about, or just have a relationship that's maybe not 100% on track. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you, so just tell us a little bit more, I kind of just gave a brief rundown, obviously, but if you could tell us about what you do, what you've been doing, um, and then we'll talk about some of the specifics. And, I, and again, I do have some questions that I, um, I'm very interested in, in hearing your responses to. Yeah. So, you know, I coined myself as a marriage coach. Um, I'm really passionate about marriage. Uh, I've been married myself for 17 years to the most perfect, incredible, best friend that I could ever have. He's my rock. Um, but awesome. I've, also, I've also been through divorce. So this is my second marriage. Okay. And it was in my first marriage that my work, my journey of sort of figuring out why am I the way I am and why do I keep repeating these behaviors that have me in relationships, the kind of relationships I was finding myself in. And so, you know, now I work with clients all over the world. Um, and, you know, most of my clients come to me kind of like you were saying, who are have maybe tried therapy and has not gone well <laughs> at all. Yeah. Um, or they're just the kind of people that they're like, you know what? We know we want to stay together. We just need the tools. No one ever taught us how to communicate or how to, you know, do these relationship stuff. And oftentimes our parents were not, you know, they're supposed to be our teachers in this and they didn't even know what the heck they were doing. And so really my mission is number one is to end generational trauma that is caused by parents who are not capable or have not been given the tools to pass on to their children. And so I've taken it on, on myself to be that change that I want to see in the world because, you know, yeah, sure. Sometimes divorce is needed because people are just not meant to meet. Totally sure. get that. However, I believe that there is actually a, a large amount of people who actually can make it work. And, you know, when, when couples come to, to see me, the first thing they usually say to me is like, we're just so different. We have nothing in common. We've lost our connection. And then they think that that's, that's it, that that's the cue to be like, okay, we're done. Mm. Sometimes it's kind of like going to the doctor. You just need to go figure out what's wrong. You don't have to like chop off the leg, <laughs> right? right. Sometimes there's a much easier way to do it. And so this is why coaching is, is first of all, it's new. But it's also very exciting because I can get my clients the kind of results that they want in a matter of weeks, sometimes two weeks, three weeks, not years. Yeah. So did you say coaching is new? And um, like the, is it so marriage coaching? Uh -huh. it, I, it is a new uh, term to me, uh, uh -huh. but now I'm starting to see it pop up quite a bit. Uh -huh. um, and so can you explain like what, what, how do you characterize marriage coaching? Yeah. Well, let's start with coaching, right? If anyone has never been coached personally, let's let's put it into the context of sports, right? Like, what is the what is the what is the the role of a coach in a hockey team? Okay, right? They're mm -hmm. there to observe, to see how their players are performing, and giving them the the feedback and the correction to perform better. 
And so it's not like we're bad, our partners are bad people. They're just behaviors that need to be adjusted. And so if you had a father who yelled at your mother or yelled at you when you were a kid, and now you're yelling at your kids and you're like, I need to stop this. I know I'm not, this isn't right, but how do I put a kibosh to that? Having an accountability partner like myself can really do it. And because I'm not, you know, therapists have a very strict regulation on what they can and cannot do. Hmm. Right. So for example, they can't give advice as a coach. I can give all the advice. I can swear. I can, you know, I can share myself. Honorably. <laughs> there's, there's way more space for me to, to um, support my clients in ways that really work for them. So a yeah. lot of my clients, they just need to feel heard. No one in this world, very few people know how to listen. And just to have that gift of someone who can really, they feel they're gotten Sometimes that's all that's needed. So, but most of my clients, they say, you know, I need someone to kind of kick my butt. Hmm. I need someone to call me on my BS. And I remember in the beginning, I used to be afraid of that because I'm a, I'm a Catholic, Filipino, good girl, straight A student. Yes, ma'am. And so for me to evolve myself to be the kind of person that says what needs to be said, not necessarily what, what wants to be heard, was a really powerful uh, pivot in my business. And ever since I took this on, this whole like no BS, get to the point, direct approach, my clients have seen so much, so much more mm. uh, progress. And for me as a person and what I'm committed to, which is a, a stand for love for people, even when they're being jerks, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really works. And that's why I'm really excited about what I'm building and how I'm helping people. Gotcha. I was reading on your website how you kind of characterize the difference between coaching and you were starting to talk about that with like the hockey idea, um, whereas coaching is to it for advancement, whereas maybe and, and please correct me. I know I'm going to butcher this. The therapy and the counseling is more healing from the past. Yeah. Is that, is that, how would you how would you explain that? Yeah. And I work with very specific kind of people. Okay. I don't work with everyone who just says, Janelle, we need help. When I listen to them, I listen to them in a very specific way. I'm listening as, are they here because they just want to vent and complain? And there's just, there hasn't been any communication and they just want to go at it. They just need a safe space to go at it. That's not me, Mm. (laughs) first of all. But if they say, you know what, Janelle, we are just so done playing the blame game. We, you know, like you said, we're amicable or maybe not. Maybe we're just not talking anymore. But yeah. we, we know that we're, we really want to give this a fair shot. We have kids. We have property. We don't want to spend that money. Like, And you know what? We love and respect each other at the end of the day. And, and so if there's any hope, we would like to know what that is. And so those are my people. And they're the people that are ready to do the work. That's the key. Are they ready to change? Are they willing to look at themselves? If they're not, if they're just like, you know what, we just want to hash things out, then a therapist counselor is great for that. But when they're done that piece, when they're like, okay, I've said all I needed to say, now what? How do we move forward in a way that is distinct from the past? That is where I come in. And what I think the magic of it is two things. Number one is I give them homework. It's not just come in and let's just talk and talk about insight. Like, let's do work. That's the first thing. And the second thing I do is I make them look at themselves first. Not the relationship. I say, leave the relationship alone. Let's look at you first. Yeah. And start to dig under there. And then we start to find, oh, 
maybe this is about less about my relationship and more about me mm. and stuff I haven't healed. And so again, when we can get responsible about where we've been, not from a place of fault, responsibility is not about fault. It's just like, yeah, I did that. My life is the way it is because of me. From a very, from a very discerning standpoint, now you have power to cause change. But if you're trying to change from a place of guilt, fear, um, you know, self-loathing, you're not going to change. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really what I help my clients do is I really help them with their mind. To get you know, to when you're talking, yeah, I, um, I can't tell you, I've been doing this going on 11 years. I can't tell you how many times people, when they call, you know, they're, they're, they say they're, that they're, they're, they're amicable. They're, they're talking many times I'm on the phone with both of them and everything would appear to be fine. Um, and other times they um, will literally say, not, not that I ask people why they're getting divorced, but they'll say, I really don't know um, why I'm wanting the divorce. Like it's not a reason, right? Infidelity or, or one of those that, that people, you know, would, would indicate on. But it's, they, they'll say something like, I, you know, I think we've just grown apart, mm -hmm. uh, something like that. Um, but, they're, but they're taking the steps for divorce. And I'll always bring up, have you guys tried, you know, before I knew about uh, the coaching, talk about therapy and counseling, and maybe those have um, negative, you know, people feel negatively about that. For, you know, maybe the, the coaching, that sounds like a better plan to me where appropriate, as you explained. But if we could save a few marriages here and there, because I'm the first person to say, you know, don't file for divorce if you're not 100% certain. And they've you know, tried to take steps because we're not getting the egregious cases where they're trying to kill each other and, you know, hide assets and all that. This, they're very friendly. But many times they'll say, yeah, we don't really know why we're getting divorced. We've just grown apart. Yeah. Do you, is that kind of part of what you see or is, is that part of what you're talking about as far as finding out and, and like reconnecting them and say, hey, obviously this worked for a time because we're talking about, you know, 15, 20, 25 year marriages that are ending. Absolutely. Grown apart is definitely, yeah, 99% of the time, maybe even 100% of the time, that is what it said. Really? Yeah. Really? And I think and they that, can't like, they can't just nail it what it is exactly. It's just, <laughs> well, you know, and this is the beauty about having a third person, right? They can see, you can't see what's around you. You can't see what's in your blind spot, but I can. And I would say the com the three most common ones I run into, like if we really do the digging, yeah. Number one, they have no quality time. They have kids, they have work, they clean their house. And all it is, is about their environment. And they have not done the work to continue the connection. And they're both so stressed out that they don't even realize that the other person is exactly where they're at. And we start to feel like we're separated when really yeah. what, what my couples will discover quickly is that they actually want the same things. They just haven't been communicating it. And they've been so stressed out and they're taking out on each other mm. rather than being like, hey, it is hella stressful right now. You and I need to come together even tighter. Like this needs to be team effort because we cannot take on these four kids on our own. Yeah. And so I really give them structures to really, first of all, identify like what's at the what's really going on. And a lot of times they're like, you know what? I feel lonely. I don't feel supported. I feel I don't feel attractive anymore because we haven't had sex in three months yeah and she thinks it's her body she thinks it's because she gained 10 pounds mm. but when i talk to the guy the guy's like no i love her i'm you know i'm, I'm attracted to her but she doesn't love herself 
Mm. Every time I try to like make moves on her, she has an excuse. <laughs> well, it's always this like cross wire. Yeah. You know? And 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 we, again, we don't have the a lot of us don't have the tools to really sit down and have these frank and awkward conversations. But when you have a third party to be like doing the digging, it doesn't feel so weird, right? And I like how just maybe it's just your personality as well, but I think sitting in a room that's called therapy would feel accusatory. Whereas it, you, I'm getting just from how you're talking and how things you, you would come up that they feel like you're just bringing them up as uh, for them to self-identify without pointing the finger at someone. So then you say, Oh gosh, that was, that was what I was. It was a very uh, interesting little back and forth you had there as far as she thought it was because she gained weight. He thought it, you know, it wasn't that. And I mean, the, the same result was happening, but there was up for two different reasons. Like you said, right. the wires got crossed. Yeah. Right. And that's why, again, communication is so important. But again, most of us, we were never taught, especially in our school system, yeah. how to listen to connect, how to listen to empathize, how to listen to understand. We were taught to listen, to defend, to justify, to judge, to dominate, to it's win. True. Right. And so, of course, how can we create connection and and like this feeling of intimacy when we're either trying to fix each other or we're trying to make each other wrong? Yeah. Or, or, you know, going, you're not good enough or you're not doing that right. And then the other person goes, well, now I feel like a, a bad partner. And then now I'm going to pull away from you because I feel like I'm not good enough. And then now you're wondering why I'm showing up differently. Mm. I don't communicate that to you that, hey, you know, when you said that thing, it really made me feel like you don't appreciate me. And to actually have that other person hear it like, really, rather than, well, blah, 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 blah. And then now yeah. it's like, now we're in breakdown and it kind of is a downward downward uh, spiral at that point because they're each be they're each indicating and behaving based on what how the other person responded to them and it just keeps going down right yeah yeah and it's like this it's like this tennis game well you did this well i did that because you did that well i did yeah. that because you did and then it never ends and so in my sessions the first question you were, you were talking about the difference with coaching stuff. yeah there's no morality in coaching there's no good bad right wrong I, I don't play that. And, you know, and this is why when people ask me, like, do you, do you only coach Christians or faith-based people? I said, I mean, that's my comfort because I am faith-based, but mm. because I coach not from a morality standpoint, but really, what do you want at the end of the day? This is my question, Tim, the end of the day, what do you want? Okay. This is your, this is, this is your end goal. This is where we are. First of all, you need to take clear, what it is you want? Is it you want a happy family? Is it you want to grow old with someone who you love? Is it you want passion and sex four days a week? What is that? And then as your coach, I'm going to help you deal with everything that gets in the way hmm. of that. So we're running towards something rather than running away from something. Because that's the problem is where yeah. people talk about being tired. Like, oh, I'm so tired of this. It's because there's so much energy put into the resistance mm -hmm. of what is so rather than dealing with what is so. Yeah, because we don't have the tools again back to the tools. So once you have the tools, you're like, okay, now I know how to deal with the situation. Uh, that's it's, uh, very interesting. It's, it would seem that um, where are people how how close to divorce are people like what where are people coming into your your system into your coaching into your programs like uh, all various stages or is there an inflection point where you see the majority coming in? 
Yeah, uh, pretty close to divorce. I actually have a couple um, um, referral partners, I guess, that are divorce coaches. Uh-huh. So I get a lot of that. I, 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 I enjoy that. I find such a rush in that because I can, because, again, because I've done this for a while, I can see the hope very quickly. Within, within that first call, I can see all the opportunities that they don't see. Mm. They see the glass half empty. I see the glass half full. And so I get really excited, especially when I know they have children. For sure, right? Right. Because here's the thing. At the end of the day, even if you guys get divorced, whatever issues were going on between you guys and you decide to pack up and leave and move somewhere else and maybe even get into a new relationship, chances are whatever came up there is going to show up in this new relationship. Fair enough. You are attracted to a certain kind of person. And until you figure out what that is and why you're attracted to that person who you decided to get divorced from, how do you know that you're not going to attract that again? People always say, oh, yeah, I'm never going to choose someone like consider you're going to choose the exact same person. (laughs) So you got to just you got to figure that out, like energetically, what is that I need to so that I don't repeat the same thing that I just did. And that's why people get. Married three, four, five times. Yeah. <laughs> I think the problem is out there when they have to go actually inwards and figure that out first. So interesting. I want to, there's a couple of questions I wanted to, in the, in the, I, with the idea of in doing this entire video is to give people maybe going through this a starting point. So I, I pulled some things right off of your website that I, I don't, I'm not aware of that I, I, I'm very interested in asking you. I'm just going to kind of go down the list as we go and just see where we go from there. Sure. But there's this word uh, marriage mindset and, and in your um, website, you say the importance of marriage mindset. Can you explain what that is? Yeah. Well, let's talk about mindset first, right? Okay. That is really about the thoughts, the things that are going on between our ears. When we look at how, we view how we view our life, right? And and how we view the people in it and the things in it. It is all beliefs and judgments that we create, right? And it all comes from our thoughts. So marriage mindset is really about what is the thought that I need to have in order to have the kind of relationship that I want. So again, going back to what do we want? When I ask clients, what do you want? I wanna be happy and I wanna feel peaceful. Okay, if that's what you want, let's look at your reality. You're fighting, you're swearing at each other, you're calling each other names, you're condescending, you're disrespectful. So how is that gonna get you there? And so when they, when we can identify what that gap is, now we can start to address that. Okay, why do you, why do you call your, your, your uh, husband a POS? I don't know if I was like, am I allowed to swear here? But yeah, I, I had a consult the other day and she says, yeah, I call my husband a POS. Hmm. And I'm like, <clears throat> And this is the man you want to marry and you're going to have a baby with and you want to be happy. How is that going to work out? Yeah. He's not starting, off, starting off a little rough. <laughs> and was, yeah. And he was very, I could tell felt very, she was the, the instigator and he was the one who's just sort of taking it. And I could see mm. he was crumbling as a human being because of this, his wife or fiance, who was just really mean. <laughs> If I'm really straight about it, yeah, but she, yeah. she knew that this is a part of her that she was ready to, to deal with. That's the difference. And, right? and better now before you get married and, yeah. and, and then have kids, like you said, and yeah, they're just, three months pregnant. So I uh, said, you guys uh, got to figure this out because yeah. you're going to be bringing this new being in it and your job as parents, 
not only is to feed them and clothe them and make sure they have an education, but to make them feel safe in the home. And number two, to teach them life skills. And if they, your children see you arguing and disrespecting and walking away when things get hard, guess what? <laughs> That's what they're either going to do or yeah. expect from their partner. Yeah. Is that the definition of that gen generational trauma that you were referring to when you first started talking? Yeah. Part, part of it? Yeah. So, you know, my story is um, when I was nine, my dad, well, first of all, I came from a really happy family. My parents were in love. They had a business together. They would go dancing together. They would every once a month, they would rent a hotel and, you know, like they, they were a great couple. And yeah. Somewhere along the line, my dad had an affair with my mom's best friend who lived mm. in our basement and he got her pregnant. And so I remember being nine and uh, I was in my bed playing and it was night and I heard my mom call for us. And we came down and there was my mom standing there with my dad and a set of luggage. And my mom looks at us, kids. I'm I'm nine, my sister is six, and my brother is only three. And my mom looks at us and says, kids, dad's leaving. He doesn't love us anymore. Mm. And all I remember is him just not saying a word, just turning around and leaving. And I remember standing at that window, watching him go. And... Of course, tears and shock and like, what the heck is happening? And I'm a daddy's girl. So I'm just like, where are you going? Right? right. And so fast forward, here I am, you know, going through my divorce. I decided to put myself in this in this three day, like self-development, like blow your mind course called Landmark. And I realized like, oh, all the stuff that I was dealing with in my marriage and all the relationships that have gone previous all started there I am at nine years old. Oh, interesting. And the decision I made standing there at nine, which I didn't see until I was in my 30s or 20s at least, was number one, I'm unlovable. This is a nine-year-old, right? Dad's leaving. I must be yeah. unlovable. Number two, everybody I love will leave me. I mean, my dad left me. And number three, I can't trust people. So look, now that I had done, I had opened my eyes to this awakening of, oh, this is who I am. Or this is what's been running in the background and I didn't exactly. even realize it. Now I can see so much clearly. It's okay. So now I can actually do the work. Um, but that was the moment that I realized that it wasn't them. It was me. And so after I did my course, um, I went to my ex-husband or my husband at the time. And I just said to him, you know what? I am so sorry for the way I treated you. I was mean and I was judgmental and you know what? You're perfect just the way you are. It just doesn't work for me. Hmm. And why that's so distinct is because had I not done that course, we would have gone to divorce court, like, like guns a blazing, like you're, you're an a-hole um, really. And I, I think what, what, what didn't work about that relationship is that my expectations of what a husband was, he was not, he wanted to be that, but was not that. And so I, I fell in love with this idea of this man who wanted to change for me. And at the end of the day, he wasn't willing to change. And, and so we didn't actually have that like really concrete understanding about who we wanted each other to be.
Right. I, I was really upset because I felt like he misrepresented himself. He was like, oh, yeah, I want to be this kind of man for you. Because I said, here's what I envision. But he actually wasn't that. Mm. And so anyway, it was really great because then we actually went to that to the law courts to do the, the paperwork and for yeah. the separation and divorce. Costed us a total, I'm not even joking you, $80. Mm. Yeah. $80. Add a, few, add a bunch of zeros if it went the other way, right? Yeah. Well, we had no property. We had no kids. Yeah. So it was yeah. really just paper for us. Yeah. Uh, it, and then we went out for dinner. And then he drove me home. And then I gave him a kiss on the cheek. And I said, good luck. And that was it. Yeah. And, you know, and then the going back to my story with my family. So, um, so my dad left. And three years later, he comes back. And he says to my mom, I'm sick. Will you take care of me? And my mom said, yes. Hmm. And she says, under two conditions, I'll take you back. Number one, you never go back. If you're here, you're here. Number two, we never talk about this ever again. We let this go. We move on. We just go be happy. And she honored her word. And even when my dad would try to bring it up in the future, mm -hmm. my mom said, no, we're not doing yeah. this. We're not going there. And so I got to be with my father when he passed away. And yet all those things that that nine-year-old had to deal with, I still deal with it once in a while. Sure. Things that trigger me that like, oh yeah, can't trust people. Oh yeah, I'm unlovable. Oh yeah, people I love will leave me. But I got to keep checking that and going, Janelle, that's not true. That was that nine-year-old. That's not you. But until we have, again, the tools to really check that out, we're just going to allow whatever those funky thoughts that come into our mind to be like, oh, yeah, that's true. Well, no, it's not. So this is the work. Yeah. Would you be, how would I say this? With what you experienced in your life, would you be your own client? Could you be a client of your own business? Would you fall into the category of people that you help is the question I'm asking. My before, Janelle? Yes. Like, would you be a candidate for, would you take on you as a client with your existing business with the, how you explained what you went through? Janelle before. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what I'm really starting to discover is that the people that are coming to me are people like me. Hmm. There's something either energetic. So I'm noticing hmm. it's strong women, very alpha women who have sort of the more passive husband right? Or, or the husband who's very similar to me. And which is great, because then, you know, there's just this energetic synergy that happens. And this is why I'm, you know, I, I, I wrote my website the way I wrote it, because I really wanted people because I'm not everybody's I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Right? Sure. People sure. go, Oh, Janelle, you swear. Awesome. I know I can trust you. <laughs> <laughs> and some people go, Oh, swearing. Oh, no. Right? I had someone who messaged me the other day. And she's like, I am, I do not believe in God. I do not want anyone to talk about faith around me. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I, I can coach, pe I've coached people who are not faith-based, but if you're that about it, well then yeah. I'm not it. And that's okay. I'm totally okay with that. And so I'm, um, I love this business I've created. It has been such a business of love and such a project of my soul, really. And every yeah. time I get, you know, I get a pop-up on my phone that a new Google review has come up and I read it. There's tears a lot of times because yeah. I know that, you know, in the whole 
game of life, if you will, or that, you know, that, that ocean, you know, I am that pebble, right? And I am creating that ripple that has never been there before I got there. And so at the end of my life, I want to be able to say, yeah, I made a difference yeah. in the most unselfish and the most miraculous way possible that is now impacting generations in a way that would have never happened. And yeah. to me, that feels amazing. Do you get the question, how, how can you be a marriage coach uh, often? Like, how, how can you do that? How do you deal with people's problems all day long? The reason I'm asking is that is I get asked all the time, how do you, how do you do this? You're dealing with people in divorce. Well, it's because the type of client I'm dealing with is not, I tell you, I couldn't be an, an attorney handling all the nonsense that goes on in those types of litigated cases. So for me, it mostly is about the paperwork, keeping them amicable, keeping them non-emotional. Not that I have to address that much because I do that at the outset in consultations, making sure they're going to be a good fit, kind of like you do with your consultations. But so it's not, um, to me, this is more of a transactional court process as opposed to I'm divorcing two people, although that's the end result. So I don't have that emotional tie-in. And so it is satisfying to be able to know that I got them through kind of like your divorce where you paid 80 bucks and you guys were able to leave friendly. And so that's what I, that's kind of our end result. You're yeah. getting reviews because you are in people's lives and you've now improved them. So, you, I, and you said you that you enjoy it and you're passionate about it. So, yeah. it's not it's not something that's draining you to do. It's giving yeah. you energy. Yeah, I think it's draining when you're doing something that either you don't love or you're being with people that yeah. are not on the same level. And this is, you know, going back to what I said the first five minutes is, you know, I'm very selective of the people I work with. Yeah, you have to so, be. So, for example, that lady I was telling you with who's fiance with pregnant that lady yeah um, she started to disrespect big time on the call and i was like whoa 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 stop i will not tolerate that uh -huh. and I, you know and i get to say that because <laughs> this is my you know as a coach i can do whatever i want and so i've yeah. created this business and i'm like there is a line that we do not cross here if we're gonna do this work together we respect has to be at the core and if you're not willing to do that, I said to her, I'm, I'm Tim. I said to her, I'm out. If you're going to be like that, I'm yeah. out. And she's like, no, 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 no. So people, when they come to work with me, they know I'm a no bullshit person. And this is what you're going to get. And if you're not ready for that, if that's too much for you, if you want more like sugar Cody, uh, right. you know, more of that empath sort of thing, that's not me. But if you're ready to change your life, you're ready to change your being so that you can be happy and be the kind of role model for your children that you want to be. Now we're talking. Yeah. I want to go back to something you said. You mentioned that you have clients where the wife maybe have a power role of sorts and a yeah. more, and then a more passive husband. It sounds like that happens quite a bit. Yeah. Can, what, can you explain to me the, the, the issues in that dynamic? Um, that, that causes them to reach out to you. And part two of that question is, is that similar to, I don't want to call it, call it an older family framework, but mm -hmm. um, where the, the traditional mom stays home with the kids and dad goes and work or vice versa, stay at home parent, which, you know, I, that's how I grew up, but now that doesn't seem to be the norm. Are, are, can you, can you talk about that? Yeah. There's, oh, there's so many things you said there. I know. So I'm sorry. 
No, 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 no. <laughs> I just had to write it down so I can I can hit all of those things. I should write it down too because I asked him in, in, in sequence because I didn't want to forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally got it. So I think at the end of the day, it's about control. These women, like you said, the, the roles are changing, right? Yeah. Um, women are good, are working full time. Plus they have the kids, plus they're running the house and they go into this very masculine energy. And if they have a husband, who's not that assertive, if you will, they expect them to like, look at me doing all these million things. What are you doing? And yeah, he might be working full time. Yeah. He might be even cleaning the house and cooking, but for her, she's comparing him and what he's doing to her, she's like, well, I'm doing 90% of the work and you're only doing 10. Yeah. And then now it becomes this, this accusatory relationship. And then the husband who is there is like, just tell me what to do. Tell me how to support you. She's not communicating it well because all she's doing is yelling at him about what he's not doing and yeah. how to do it good enough. And now he's detached. Now he goes to his phone. Now he's watching porn. Now he's drinking. And she, she thinks it's that he doesn't care. She doesn't realize that it's her behavior that's causing him to be this way. And then we further and further and further apart. Yeah. So this is why, again, why having someone like me to go, okay, I can see what's going on right now. You're doing this and you thinking this and you're doing this and thinking this. Yeah. Here's the bridge. So there was two things there that stood out to me. One was, she's expecting him to do it. And then there's not, and then like we were talking about earlier, not having, not saying it and then being mean about it because yeah. she, because it went unsaid on the other side, you have in this, in the scenario, the husband who is saying, tell me what to do. Is there, I guess when you, if this was a couple, you were, you would be um, coaching you, you're working on them together, but on their separate issue. Cause there's a fix. I guess I don't know if that's a word you would call it, but there's there's correction that can be made in on both uh, in both areas. Yes, yes. So typically, underneath that, right? Because this is like a, an onion. Underneath that is a lack of appreciation mm. for both, right? And yeah. I feel like we've we've we're, we've been brought up in this culture of like. So <laughs> it's funny how people come. Complain about the thing that they want. So she'll say to me, Well, he doesn't appreciate me. Okay. Do you appreciate him? Do you say thank you? I want you to go and appreciate him. Well, why should I appreciate him? He hasn't done anything. <laughs> and then I say, Well, yeah. why does he have to do something for you to appreciate him? Why can't he just be an awesome guy? Because he's he's an awesome guy. So it's like you want appreciation and yet you're not willing to give it. Huh. Interesting. Let's look at that. Yeah. Right. And it's that was because they thought they were already doing too much to begin with. Right. Yeah. That's but what you're saying. Here's the thing. As humans, we love to be validated. We love to feel accepted and loved. And if we can appreciate our partner, and I think that's one of the going back to marriage mindset. If we can come from a place of appreciation all the time, even in those times when it's really hard to come from appreciation and it takes work because you're like, I feel like there's so many things wrong in this situation right now. It's so powerful. So let's, you know, I want to talk about my marriage for a second. You know, we've been together okay. for seven, we've been together for 17 years and we still have very, we have a very active sex life and it's fun and it's fulfilling and, you know, all of that. And 
my husband's love language is physical touch, right? That's what he needs to feel loved by me. For me, it's not mine. However, I know that that is my husband's. So I will do as much as I can to get into the mindset in order to be ready for him when he is wanting to be intimate with me. Yeah. And sometimes it's really hard. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, I am so tired or I had a bad day or whatever, yeah. whatever's yeah. going on with me. Sure. But because I love my husband so much and I know that our love language is tied to our feelings of rejection. So I have to be very careful to say when I do say no to the thing that he is asking love from me. And so, yeah, 90, I would say 97% of the time I try to be a yes to him mm -hmm. because I want him, first of all, I need to remind myself that I appreciate this man so much. And this is my opportunity to show him in a way that makes a difference for him. Yeah. And when I feed his love, I feed his love tank, man, he's going to come back to fill my love tank 10 times. My husband is the most amazing cook. He's supportive. He, we never fight about money. He's, he's just the biggest cheerleader and just, he's, he's my everything. Yeah. And I know that he is the way he is with me because I am the way I am with him. Interesting. So it's, it's, it's that taking responsibility first. Like we, we I think we first started talking about that before you go out and, and, and blame the others. It seems such a simple <laughs> correction if, you took, if there's that responsibility on both uh, parties and that sounds like that's kind of when you do your consultations and you said, you can see wh what's going on and that they're very much like you um, or like you were right. That you can identify where, what you need to target. Like probably like me, I feel like I'm in the matrix when it comes to being able to get cases through the court because it can be tricky and your brain is probably doing the same thing as they're talking. Like, I already know what I'm yeah. going to do and say, right? Well, here's the thing, Tim. People, you know, I've been doing this for a while now. And it, I'm, yeah. I know I'm on the right track when every single client says to me, oh, my God, Janelle, you nailed it. It's like you know me. Or, oh, my God, you just said what my husband has been trying to say to me all this time. And I just haven't been able to hear it. But the way you said it, I heard it. Hmm. And so they think I'm psychic, <laughs> but here's the truth. The truth is we're not that different. We all want to be loved. We all want to be accepted, right? We all feel like we belong. We don't want to be rejected. We fear failure. We all, we all want to feel wanted and need. At the end of the day, that is the core. And we have stuff that we don't even realize that is in the background running that is having us pulling us away from what it is that we truly, truly want in life, right. right? The triggers, the emotions, the fears, all that. So that's what we address. We, we really look at those things instead of trying to run away and hide it and sweep it under the rug. I say, no, 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 let's clean house. Let's pull everything up. Let's deal with it all. Let's clean it all away so that we can build this beautiful house that is clean and Makes not painted with that stench of old mustiness from your past. So fascinating. You know, the, I, I told you before we start talking that we'd probably just get right through my questions yeah. without me because I'm reading my questions. I'm like, oh, we covered that. We covered that. Um, I think one thing we didn't talk about is is kind of 
deciding whether it'd be coaching or a divorce, let's say. Um, and so the, what, the one question I had is how do you know if there's, how would someone know if there's hope in their marriage? Is there always hope? Or I guess the opposite question is how do you know if there's no hope? Yeah, that's a really great question. Honestly, from where I'm standing, if you think there's hope, there's hope. If you don't think there's hope, there's nothing I can do. Right? If you yeah. close that, and this is what I say to my clients, you got to just be willing, willing to do a reset, willing to forgive. You don't need to know the how. You just got to be willing. That's the num number one place. If you can get there, that's like half the battle. But if you have it in your mind and you tell yourself every single day, this is never going to work out. This is never going to work out. He's not the one. There's nothing we can do or say that is ever going to make, give you the happy life that you want until you get rid of those icky thoughts. Is it, oh, is it always like in the, in the example we had with the power woman and the, the, um, and, and the gentleman that, you know, more passive, is it always that it's, there's something to fix. And I don't think that I'm using the right word by saying fix, but to correct or work, improve, I think that'd be a better word. Um, is it always both or is it sometimes just one of them? Mm, I would say 90% of the time it is both. I think I've only met maybe one couple where it was like clearly the woman that she uh -huh. had dealt with. Um, she, she was uh, kicked out of her home when she was 16. Mm. She was, uh, she's half um, American, African-American and yeah, she's African-American and, and white Caucasian. So um, she she had a baby with a, 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 a Caucasian gentleman. And when the baby came out, one of the friends of the husband made a comment. Mm. And the comment was, your baby looks dark. Right? Sometimes the baby looks dark when they come out. Sure. He didn't think anything of it. He was like, yeah, my baby is dark. Okay, whatever. Right. But to the wife who has gone through all this trauma in her life, heard oh he didn't defend us he doesn't care he's not a protector he should have said something he should have defended us but he's spineless all from this mm. one wow event. wow and so i'm i'm trying to get her to see like and and all she said the only thing back she said to me was oh so i'm the problem i'm like really that's all you heard in this whole conversation is that you're the problem and i said to her Sure, you can see it that way. Or how about looking at it like you're the solution? You are at the center of all this. You get to say how this goes. And if this may, and they had a kid. Yeah. So you get to say if this if this family stays together or not. Right. But most of the time, yeah, both of them have at least a little bit, right? Yeah, and sometimes sure. if the guy's, you know, the guy hasn't done anything wrong, but maybe, maybe he's just always on his phone. Maybe he's he doesn't feel confident about making a sexual advancement. You know, it could be something like a small tweak like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's usually it's usually two people coming. Together. Makes sense. Because if one is in the, the examples we've had, they're going to cause the other to feel a certain way. And then they're going to start behaving just by default right. to have that. Yeah. Um, I just had a question I wanted to ask you. Um people getting into relationships like there's no bad time to get into a like help from you like how would someone 
when would someone first reach out to you? And I'm just, I'm thinking as I'm, I'm asking the question, meaning it almost seems like to say, I want to get divorced may be a simpler issue to resolve than doing coaching. If you can get the guts up to tell your spouse that you want a divorce, why couldn't you say, why don't we try some counseling? And many do, right? Yeah. But I think as, as many don't, they just go right to divorce. And probably if I had to guess, and you, um, I'll defer to you on your expertise here is with our clients, it seems like one has had divorce on their mind for some period of time, three months, six months, two years, whatever that time frame is, when obviously there's something they're unhappy about that that's going unaddressed, which is just getting worse over time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So are you, are you seeing when people come to you that they're kind of on an even page as far as they're on, on how long they've been unhappy or um, is it kind of one is approached the other and said, let's get some counseling or are people reaching out to you individually and then you're bringing in the other spouse. What does that look like? Yeah. All of it. All of it. <laughs> all of it. Um, I think that, you know, going back to this whole therapy thing, I think that part of the reason why people do get divorced is that the other person doesn't want the help or doesn't think they need the help, mm. which sometimes is not and are they And are they the problem child usually? Right. Like, are they the problem child? Like, <laughs> so are they the husband that says, well, my world is fine. Like, I'm, yeah. happy. I'm happy with you. I love you, but you're not happy with me. Okay. Yeah. Well, how do I fix that when I, I'm okay? Yeah, how is that my problem? Yeah, because I'm <laughs> it happy. Makes sense. It makes then, sense. Yeah, but then say, okay, well, what do you want? Well, I want a happy wife. Okay, well, then now we got to take certain steps to yeah. find out, first of all, what is she missing that she needs from you? And sometimes, so there was this one couple I have to share. It was so amazing. They they were both in the army. Uh, and I guess the, they have their own, I guess, counselor therapist there. They went to go see them. And the counselor therapist said, can't help you. And so they actually started the divorce proceedings because they're like, well, we can't, this person who's clearly professionals told us there's no hope for us. Mm. We might as well just get, they had a, a six month old and a three year old at this time. So anyway, my old client referred this client over and you know what it was at the end of the day is so simple. This is, this is kind of the theme of this conversation, right? It was yeah. so simple. All she was so stuck about because they were fighting like, cats and dogs but what she was so upset about was the fact that she felt like she was doing everything and he was doing nothing and so in this first consult or the first session I said to her at the end of the day what is one thing that your husband can do that would just make your day that would just make this whole thing worthwhile she's like all I want is help I said but what is help he doesn't know what help is I don't know what help is how can he know what to do so she, she thought about it. She goes, okay, if he can just take the kids for 20 minutes when I come home so that I can pee and eat and do whatever I need to do without these two people like climbing me as I'm trying to like come down from work, yeah, that would make a difference. And I said to the husband, is that something you can do? He's like, yeah, cool. They come back the next week totally different they're laughing they're smiling they're like appreciative it was like night and day but That's it was an awesome story one, one thing but she couldn't communicate it in a way that he could hear it and she wasn't even clear she just says i need help 
But to, as a man, right? You just like, just tell me, what does that mean? Tell me what to do. Right. Take the kid. Let me pee. Hold on to them. Feed them. Whatever. Now he knows, okay, I know what's expected of me. And I think that's the next thing I want to talk about is expectation. You know, one of the biggest problems, I think, in relationships is that we have expectations that we don't discuss and we don't get agreement. We create the expectation in here and then we expect everyone to read our mind. And then when they don't, we get pissed off and then we, we make up stories that this person is bad, wrong, whatever. We get all judgy about it rather than getting responsible. Oh, that's my expectation. Well, maybe I should communicate that. Yeah. <clears throat> and maybe my partner might say, you know what? I can't fulfill that expectation. Right. Okay, well now you now there is an agreement about it. But I feel like that's so much of what the what couples deal with is this dynamic around managing their own standards and putting it on other people and then using that as an excuse or justification for killing the intimacy when when the person doesn't act the way they expect. And we got to remember we are different people. We don't share the yeah. same brain. And even though we've been married for 30 years, consider that every that we don't we still don't know our partner i'm still discovering new things about my partner you know but i think when we start to just get really i don't want to use the word arrogant but um self self-centered maybe is the word uh -huh. um, when we can just remember that we're all just doing our best and to trust that our partner does love us and that yeah maybe they might screw up but it's not because they don't love us or don't care they're just human they just forgot or they don't you know, make the bed as perfect as we make the bed. Yeah. That's okay. We can still love them through that. But I think expectation is one of the things that I spend a lot of time with my clients on. It sounds like if you boil it down, because one of the questions I, I had is, why do you think so many um, couples are getting divorced? And I think you just answered that. And it's not like what you would expect the answer to be, because we could yeah. say it, it's, it's, it's X, Y, or Z, but really it's just, unsaid expectations, um, lack of communication. It could be about, like you said, the bed or, you know, clean the toilet or the kids or something. But it's like this unexpressed resentment that begins that downward spiral um, that both need to take responsibility for. And I, when you're talking, I was going to make a gesture, a comment that it probably wouldn't have come out well, but like, do men need to step, step it up? Like, do we need to, as, as a, as a, as men, do we need to step it up? Cause it's yes. The woman in this, this power woman um, discussion we're talking about is upset because maybe the passive husband or whatever role, or, you know, they're both working and they're both equals call it what, whatever it is, but it seems like, and, and what you've been expressing is that it's, it starts this spiral because um, the wife gets mad because husband's not doing something. Okay. And it's just, she's wrong for not saying it. But at the same time, why is it? Why does that have to happen? Why can't we just step it up for lack of a better word? And I, I'll speak for myself too, because I'm not perfect husband. Obviously, nobody is, but I will um, trying to be more cognizant and aware. I think like self awareness of like, mm. oh, my wife just made the bed and you know did all these things and full laundry, and I'm like, when's the last time I did a load of laundry? You know, I think we just need to be a little bit more self aware. How how would you respond to yeah. that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's a tough one, to be honest, Tim, because, you know, there's a part of us that we want our own time, right? Especially guys, when they come home, see women, we're like, we can do a bazillion things at once. Men, it's one at a time, right? And, you know, one thing I've yeah. learned is that 
when men come from home from work, they don't want to go right into like kid duty. They need that sort of like 10, 20 minutes just to like calm down, shift gears, right? But if a woman doesn't understand that, if she has an expectation that, well, I've been with the kids all day, you need to take them right now. And he's like, ah, right? And now, yep. now he's yep. stressed, she's stressed. She doesn't like the way he's parenting or he's on his phone, right? There's all yeah. of these, 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 dynamics but i think it's like how do you first of all creating like what is that expectation okay when i come home this is what's gonna happen who's gonna put the kids to bed right it's funny because sometimes when people ask me what is the one piece of advice you can give me about marriage you just did you you are psychic that was my next question <laughs> a lot of times i say have no expectation like, well, what do you mean but like when i look at my marriage sure there are things that my husband does in the house that I know he does. For example, coffee. That is his, for 17 years, he makes the coffee. However, I never expect it because every time I see the coffee, I am delighted. Oh, thanks for the coffee. Thank you. But if I expect it yeah. and I haven't actually communicated to him, babe, I expect coffee to be there every single day. And if mm -hmm. it's not, all hell's going to break loose, right? right, I, right. I didn't create that. Yeah. But every time I get the coffee, I am so appreciative of it. Cause he didn't yeah. have to do it. And so I feel like when, when there's expectation, it always causes this sort of level of pressure for everyone that they have to meet every time and they have to be a certain way. Yeah. And yes, sometimes there is no coffee, but it's okay. Cause I don't expect it. Yeah. I think, I think knowing how to support your partner and for women, I think it's being able to speak in a loving and respectful way. Because what women do is we nag. You haven't done this. You didn't do this good enough. And for men, what I wanna offer is consider that under every complaint is a desire. But what we hear is the complaint. And so here we are resisting the complaint rather than going, okay, what is she really saying to me? Oh, she's saying to me that she really loves me and she misses me and she's lonely. But what she says is, you're always on your phone. You never spend time with me. All you care about is your friends. So we have to be able, again, if we love and trust each other, we can actually hear that. But if there's anything in between us that we haven't cleaned up, that's going to feed more of that, those stories that, oh, I'm not good enough. Yeah. I'm not loved. <clears throat> that's why, again, the mindset stuff is so important. Yeah. Because if I didn't clean up my thing where my brain would have gone like, Oh, you don't love me. I can't trust you. You're going to probably leave me anyway. So I'm just going to go over here and, and, and prepare because I know this is going to head for divorce. So I'm going to protect myself. I'm going to protect mm. my finances. I'm going to protect my heart. And I'm going to go into survival mode because yeah. you're no longer safe. And I don't trust you. What triggers, what triggers that off the cliff um, kind of mentality when it just, that's, that's where it'll finally hit. If it keeps going down this road. Yeah. I mean, it, it can happen for so many, for, for so many reasons, right? It could be like this woman that I told you with the, uh, with the baby for her. Right. It was this one thing that reminded her of those abandonment issues mm. of her mom. That's all it took. That one little, and to me, I'm like, that's it. That's what's going to end this marriage is that. Yeah. yeah. Because when I, when I went and did the research, I'm like, hey, what else is going on in your marriage? There was nothing else. It was just this one thing mm. that perpetuated the two years of misery. Yeah. 
Well, I tell you, Janelle, I think um, we talked about a lot of things that would be very helpful. If someone were to watch this video, I can, I can be confident that we would at least shed some light on and maybe some self-reflection from both spouses of something that they can do, tools they can use to um, maybe save their marriage. If we could save one marriage with this video, I think we did uh, some justice. Do you have anything else you wanted to add or in closing, you know, let um, anyone watching this, how to get a hold of you, how you could be referred to, how to initiate, you know, how to reach out to you? Yeah, two things. If I were to leave you guys with sort of a last message, consider that all of the challenges of our life, and this is not just about marriage, this is life. Consider that every challenge is an opportunity. Every struggle is a gift. And if we can look at these things and go, okay, what is it that I need to learn about myself in this moment? That is where the power begins. And, you know, I think that's what makes me a really great coach is I'm constantly asking myself that question every single day. Right? Because, you know, my life's not perfect either. But if I can take each struggle and go, okay, how can I be a better person out of this? How can I serve more out of this, out of this darkness? Then nothing, then we can actually live a life of no regret. The second thing I want to say is, you know, I actually did a, a workshop. If you guys want to access it, it's called... Um, resetting your marriage. And it's a, it's a one hour workshop that I can make available to your people if they oh, want right. to watch it. And it really gives you the steps like, okay, you know, you're ready to, you know, things aren't going well. You know, you want to make that, that big shift. Where do you begin? First of all, with yourself. And then how do you go and have that conversation with your partner to say, listen, I want to reset. I'm committed to you. Let's do this together. Are you with me? And now they can take a new action. So I can share that video with you. Very yeah. nice. Very nice. And then as far as um, I saw, I think on your website, you have where they can schedule a consultation or how, how is that, uh, that process begin? I know in the beginning you were talking about, um, you, you have that consultation to make sure they're going to be a good fit for you as well. That's right. So I offer a one hour free consultation with me. And wow. sometimes it's just that one hour people get what they need. It's not really a selling thing. I'm just there to coach you. And at the yeah. end of it, if you're like, hey, this was awesome. Can we do this again over and over and over again? Then we'll talk about working together. But a lot of clients, that one call and they come with one specific issue, sometimes that calls all they need. And I'll follow up with them a week or two later. I'm like, hey, do yeah. you know that thing, that one thing you gave us, that tip advice, totally changed everything. I'm like, great. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. What's the, your website? Save your marriage. I was just trying Save to find our it again. Yeah, saveourmarriage.ca, or you can just reach me at janellegreen.com, whatever is easier. Perfect. Well, so good uh, talking to you. Um, hang out for just a second uh, before we close out here. Um, I'll end the recording, and uh, I just want to chat with you for just a second. Thanks so much again. Thank you.